Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil mursalin Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Walhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Dear brothers and sisters Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Once again welcome to this third part of a series Presented by Al-Ansar TV uh, In collaboration with ITV we are very honored to have the presence of a world-renowned and distinguished scholar, Sheikh Fadlullah Al-Hayri. Once again, Sheikh, uh, welcome to this uh, studio. And of course, with the brilliant insight that we have been enjoying in the first and the second series. We had in the second series come to the point where man was or is half angel, and half animal in a sense and it brings us to a very fascinating subject of the human composition and the nafs within us the ruh within us we also discussed earlier about the four worlds that is the mineral world the vegetable world the animal world and the human world so perhaps you could elaborate more for us on the human composition Basically, uh, I have a very simple, if you like, model of, of what you are alluding to. And that is that there are different uh, aspects of the human composition. And these aspects are interconnected. In other words, we can't have a two or three or four dimensional model. It's, it is interlinked. Mm -hmm. And these aspects, in a way, remain until the departure, until death. And these aspects, as you said quite rightly, in a physical sense, comprise of material, physical, mineral, and of course then the tendencies of plants to procreate and grow and take food and digest. And, and animal also, which is a bit more than that. There is a bit of an emotion now and there is a bit of empathy, and there is a bit of more intelligence. The brain is there, there is a central position. And then, of course, the human part. What distinguishes human beings from all the other uh, animals is awareness of awareness. And I think that is mainly also centered in the frontal lobe, and it is a recent occurrence in human evolution, maybe 200,000 years that uh, the bipedality, walking on two legs, can see more, and all of the other development that we consider is very high evolutionary, if you like, point. So this human being is, who is aware of awareness of awareness is made of the physical parts, all the organs, discernible. Much of our medical science is based on improving those. And the more recent part of the medical science is how do you improve the mental condition? Because we are very much conditioned by the chemistry and the physics of what goes on in the brain, and therefore our behavior can change radically mm -hmm. uh, if the mind is not wholesome or healthy and so on. And then what concerns us most is the condition of the heart. It's much easier dealing with the physical issues and much more difficult and subtle 
dealing with the heart. Uh, we have an interesting story of Nabi Allah Ibrahim could see what is in the heart and saw a lot of people's tarnished heart, so he started killing them. Whoever he said, not, he's not worth it, he's not a human being, he's not Adam, kill him. Until his inner connection himself ceased. So when he asked Allah, the answer came to him, said, look, you can't do that. If you eradicate these people, I have to recreate all of that. So you can't go by what you read in the heart. It is for that reason we are accountable according to Sharia. You didn't do this thing right, it's not allowed to stop. We can't say, but his heart is tarnished. You see, indeed, we can't. And the strength of the West and the foundation of the Roman Empire is, in fact, is that. So long as you accept the ritual sacrifice for the pagan gods, you're allowed to have any other belief. You can have your own god also. Mm -hmm. You can even disbelieve in the pagan god. Provided you sacrifice, you accept the ritual, communal, if you like, binding force of the Roman, if you like, basic uh, understanding and law. So their religion or their gods, which was pagan, and when they embraced Christianity, it was also very much paganized, and subsequently also they had pagan uh, you know, emperors after Constantine 1312, 312 uh, AD. Uh, so the key for us is accountability in action. You didn't do this right thing. You promised you didn't deliver. This is it, you see, accountable. We can't go to the heart. That is why it is the more difficult issue. It is as an individual, I am not happy. I am not consistent. I am not, if you like, uh, Therefore, I have to work on purifying my heart. Therefore, I can't say something and mean something else. I will hurt. I will pay a price. Because it is in that heart where the soul lies. If that heart is inner heart is tarnished, then the light of the soul, the light of my ruh, the light of my spirit, the divine light in me will not constantly shine to show me my deviations. So awareness of awareness presupposes the need for guidance, hidayah, from a source other than creation. But you see, they go together. If I listen to you, if I take you as a teacher, mm -hmm. if I take you as somebody, as a role model, you will show me more and more to be aware of my actions my intentions, my attention, and that slowly will lead me to my own hidayah. Mm. So Al-Hadi, Allah's name, that light of hidayah also lies in me. But I must get to it first by listening to hidayah from outside, by having a father, having a teacher, having a muallim, having a, until such time I find that the nur of the muallim was in me. So therefore, I, it isn't that I don't need the ma'allim anymore. It is that the ma'allim had done such a good job. I, as a student, was fortunate enough to have done also such a good job that now I discover the nur of Muhammad is in me. Mm. I discover the nur of Allah. So it is, you can't deny the outer need because I start with an outer need. I start by outer, if you like, definition 
outer identification. I've identified myself with the so-called self until I realized in truth it is a ruh. And therefore the guidance, the reference, the awareness of awareness encompasses awareness of the teacher, encompasses awareness of the society, but encompasses more intimately awareness of my inner soul, mm. which we call conscience. Refer to your conscience. That is why it's an elusive word. That's why we can't define it. But I have to live with me. And the real me is always with me. So if I refer to that all the time, mm -hmm. then it will be easy. And I don't have to remember what lie I said because <laughs> there's only one of me. Otherwise, there is hypocrisy and there is multiplicity and there is confusion or schizophrenia. Who, who, what, what, what? Split what? personality. Many personalities, infinite level of person. All of the animals in me speak. What about the tiger? What about the mouse in me? You see, the tiger becomes when the fellow is a boss or giving money and so on. Is but then when it is under oppression, and so it becomes a mouse. All of the animals are in us. Mm -hmm. It's a zoo. But the <laughs> zookeeper <laughs> must feed them all, keep them quiet, and then lock them up. You see, we don't deny all of the shaitans. The Prophet ﷺ had this example. Once, you know, there was a question, what about your shaitan? He said, oh, my shaitan is there, but he is quiet and subdued and is aslam. He is in... He's and in rendered impotent. In admittance, he's there. Don't deny it, you see. But also Hidayah, yeah, Allah's mercy and compassion, he precedes Hidayah with ayah. Signs. Absolutely. So the, the existence of the universe are signs for Hidayah to follow. Within the self, myself wants to conquer him. He is the fellow, he's got more money, I want more. See it. And then you look in the horizon and say, Allah is Al-Ghani. Hmm. So it didn't happen, my opportunities were not there, so I won't have him as an enemy or criticize him. Or because, you know, the, all of the desire to acquire what he has, you know, becomes neutralized. Say, Allah has more. And this fellow is going to die too. I too will die. So what is the point of jealousy? What is the point of enmity? You haven't had it. You didn't have it. Enjoy your having more time. Enjoy having more space. Enjoy having less worry about how to keep it, how mm -hmm. to accumulate it. So Hidayah comes from within the self until it goes to the horizon, until it is all of it is from the Ruh, by the Ruh, unto the Ruh. So it explains really the... Uh the behavior of human beings, even leaders and presidents sure. or prime ministers, sometimes you get uh, individuals that are so sublime in their conduct, uh, whether they are from the remotest villages, simple-minded people, but show tremendous uh, you know, essence of akhlaq and disposition. And yet on the other side, we see so-called powerful people yeah. on the ridiculous. Yes. That would come back to human composition. Absolutely. And also the realization of that human as to what is his composition. Not long ago, I was with a Muslim president. And he asked me intimately, he said, what is your advice to me? I am in a very serious trouble, as most of them are. Yeah. I said, because you have not lived your deen. You have not been illumined by your own deen. So you first have to do that. Otherwise, you are trying to play tricks. How do you keep people quiet? How to distribute more of this? How to minimize the affliction of the poor? 
and the miserable and how to make sure that the IMF doesn't also choke you more because you want to give subsidies for the bread. And he said, but that's not very easy. I said, well, that's it. If you yourself are not in the house, how can you talk about you know, the composition of the house? Because he was complaining actually about fundamentalism and about, I said, this is unavoidable. Mm. Because if the Muslims live their deen, you will not have all of these strange, if you like, uh, phenomenas of uh, extremism. But if you yourself, the leader, you yourself are not enjoying your deen, you're not living your deen, you're not basking in the glory of your deen, then you will be manipulating all the time. It doesn't work. So we are talking yeah, the exactly. deen rather than walking exactly. it. He who hasn't got the thing cannot give it. That's why we have so many preachers and not transmitters. There is a big thing, the gap between information and transformation. That's why we have more and more better, better mosques, but less and less software in them. Less and less really in teachers who are themselves in every way living the Quran. So it doesn't come out right. So the hardware is the body, the software is the heart. Brilliant. That's it. Hardware is the body, hardware is the house. But what about the software is the relationship? Who lives in the house? When the lover of Layla was going around, you know, trying to find the traces of the, whatever left of the destroyed village, he, they asked him, what is wrong? He said, it is not the love of the walls. It is the love of who lived there mm -hmm. is what I am after. I'm trying to smell that joyfulness of high quality human beings who were there, my beloved Layla. So that brings us, Sheikh, to decree and destiny, or qada and qadar. We are... Um, exactly. We are the authors of our own faith no in punishment. So, so could you elaborate on qada and qadar and the subtle distinction between the two? This uh, issue is the most crucial issue in understanding our role in life and responsibility and freedom. What is the meaning of freedom and what is the meaning of predestination? As you know, many of our people uh, become fatalistic. Mm -hmm. Never mind Allah did it. Oh, Kismet. Fine. Kismet. Allah did it, fine, but what did you do? You know, Allah wanted, it. Uh, what did you do? I, I'm not questioning Allah, but what was your responsibility? The child fell in the water and is drowned. You were standing there. Don't say Allah wished him to be drowned. What about your role? What about your responsibility? Did you run? Did you jump? Did you? Prophet says you are not a Muslim if in your town there are people who are sleeping hungry. Now, in the world we are living in, it's not the town anymore. It is the world. You're not, how many of us do that? Mm -hmm. You know, we have separation between the wealthy and the poor. and the, That's why we are in such a mess, you know. So, the question of responsibility, freedom, and decree and destiny are all go together. Now, I as an individual, I know I want goodness. I want to be happy. I want to be content. I don't want to be insecure. I don't want to sleep tonight knowing that tomorrow 
the house will be possessed or I will be, you know, uh, destroyed through whatever abusiveness of the ruling elite. Or, so what I want for myself, I know others want also. In other words, there are essential basic needs of food, shelter. These are essential. If they're not provided, we will have more and more thieves. We will have people who will attack. If it is not provided for that unit in a village or in a town, or in other words, you will hold the thief accountable if he has been, if he has had enough to eat, enough shelter, enough clothes, sufficient. Otherwise, you can't, you know, accuse the thief for, you know, his necessity of needs. Put anybody in a corner with no food, no shelter, they'll become vicious, they'll become violent. It's unavoidable. So when basic needs are provided, then comes the education we are talking about. To desire, wish, want higher elements of self-accountability, self-responsibility. So you can only talk about the higher element, transformation, enlightenment, dhikr of Allah, only when the basics have been provided. Haqqul haya. Absolutely, haqqul haya. Otherwise, survival, survival becomes the key. You can't talk about higher elements. You can't talk about mi'raj. You cannot talk about transformation unless the basics are provided. And then the rest has been taught by example. In other words, this business of decree and destiny is such that unless I can experience it, I will not be able to drive myself out of myself, drive myself out of my lower self towards the higher self. Decrees are Allah's laws. There cannot be anything in existence without intricate interconnectedness, cause and effects. So there are physical laws. There are biological laws. There are chemical laws. Most of my thinking is based on the movement of electromagnetic sing signals within, if you like, the billions, countless, if you like, number of neurons. So there are laws that governs it. If my electrolytes change in their extent considerably, you know, I will start hallucinating. I will not be able to, to you know, talk. I will not be able to even understand the temperature has changed, the heat has changed, somebody has come in the room. I am in a coma, you know. Mm. So everything in existence is according to multitudes of laws that fit within each other. Same thing as we discussed on human composition. You know, I can't deny my animal self. If I deny that, my higher self cannot be my reference point. You know, I am hungry, I am about to starve. How can I refer to the higher? The structure must be right. You know, the house foundation must be right. So I sometimes joke with some of my more pious, if you like, Muslim friends, they talk about the pillars and pillars. I said, but your house has no roof. You have many pillars. <laughs> so decrees are the infinite varieties of Allah's laws. Destiny is what I experience. By interacting. By interacting with them with because they are beyond me. I can't change those laws. 
law of gravity I cannot change. You may be able to put a force that pushes it up, but it's another force. The law of gravity is there. Law of the so decrees I must understand that Allah has decreed that you are a talking animal. You are an animal with a conscience. You are an animal aspiring towards its origin, which is Jannah. So take care of the animal. Look after basic needs. Be accountable to those. And then the subtler parts will begin to kick in. So I have to be accountable for my conduct. What am I doing? Is it the right place? Is it the right time? What about context? Let me take care of that. Allah is taking care of beyond my ability to fathom. So Allah's decrees are all these infinite laws, seen and the unseen. The unseen is far more than the seen. That is why the Quran addresses If you don't have faith and trust in the unseen, you've not begun. So I have to take care of what is under my jurisdiction, which is my body, which is my mind, which is my heart. If I take care of these things properly, correctly, my destiny will be perfect. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But I have to take care of those which parts which are discernible. Have you fed the animal in you? Have you, that's why in the Arabs culture and so on, as you arrive, the camel is to be fed. The horse is to be tethered and fed. You know, and that is why also we say, Al-Jar Qabl al-Dar. Your neighbor comes before your house. Who is your neighbor? But nowadays we just don't know. Privacy, privacy, privacy. We ended up in the misery mm. of not knowing anybody. Private, private, private. So, decrees, many of which are known. Many, many, many more are unknown. I don't know what's in heavens. I don't know how the climate change is going to upset us and change us into more deserts or more seas or more. But let me take care of my own particular patch. How much waste am I producing? How much water am I wasting? So take care of those, the rest will be taken care of. So destiny is my state minute to minute, day to day, year to year. It will be perfect if I am attending to my responsibilities perfectly. If I'm accountable to the unseen perfectly, knowing that Allah knows, knowing that Allah sees. In other words, let me perfect my Islam, live my Islam, perfect my Iman, trust in that Allah knows, Allah sees. I am doing my best. If you're doing your utmost best, then from the unknown, from the unseen, openings will come. Mm. Suddenly a person will come and guide me, show me. Let me take care of what I can take care of. Beyond that is not in my hand. Allah's hand is beyond it, above it. So my destiny will be in that instant perfect. It may be very difficult. What's wrong with difficulty? It's immensely difficult. So what? Let it be difficult. So go through it with courage, conviction, trust, and you will be reformed beyond any limitations until you know la takhaf in Allah ma'ana. So your destiny will always be perfect. Sometimes you have done your best also. You've left the place. 
This is personal will. But you will have occasions in which you don't know what to do. Leave it to Allah. And see the perfection of difficulty. See the perfection of ease. See the perfection how there cannot be difficulty without an ease attached to it. Mm -hmm. Sheikh, since uh, destiny is the result of human interaction with myriads and myriads mm. of Allah's law, mm. the relevancy of dua, mm. because obviously no human being would have knowledge of all the laws. Oh. Hence the dua is the relevancy, the materiality mm. of constant dua that Allah guides us in the action that we interface with the laws mm. so that our destiny becomes perfect. Mm. Is Allah. that uh, a way of summarizing? Absolutely. Dua has in it three basic foundations. One of which is declaration of intent. I want good. I'm pleading for goodness. I want goodness for my family, for my friends, for my society, for humanity. First, declaration of intent. Intention. Mm -hmm. Declaration of intention. That I'm not here as a thief. Assalamu alaikum. I am here increase peace. I'm here to share peace. I see peace is upon you. I come with peace. Mm -hmm. Dua first is declaration of intention. Mm -hmm. And that I'm going to give attention also. Focusing. Second is my inadequacy. So I am faqir. Antum al-fuqara. So I declare also I am inadequate. Any, any, any instant the air goes in may not come out. Any minute I may leave this world. Any minute I may die. There is so much I don't know. Declaration my of my impoverishment. My innate impoverishment. My innate needs. I don't know what is good for me. I may want something and it may be disaster. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how many things like this have happened? You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 the f f wealthy fellow's son pleads and uses the mother for blackmailing the father. A new car, big car. And so many people I know here have had their children been given a good car, but there was a crash. Mm. Because the fellow is not yet up to realizing the dangers of the roads and how many millions are driving without deserving a license. Yeah. And so, so the second is declaring that I'm impoverished. The third condition of dua, foundation of dua, is that I know Allah knows all. Allah al-Ghani, Allah al-Qawi, Allah al-Qadir. Allah is the bestower of all. So first, my dua is that I have a need. I want to have goodness. Second, I don't know what is the best. Third, I know Allah knows best. Put these three together, then the dua will always have a better chance of being answered. <laughs> I'm putting the three together now that Allah, Allah Almighty gives you long life Allah. and many, many depths of understanding and ocean Allah. to share with us. That is because of your love, because of your trust, you see goodness also and the same as in the others. That is why true friendship, true love has no bounds anymore. That is why when you say somebody, I love him unconditionally. And that is where goodness spreads. That is how it will overflow. That is how barakah in every way encompasses all.
<laughs> Once again, Sheikh, thank you. We at the end of the third part and uh, we would like to first and foremost express our appreciation to firstly to members of my board, the Chairman Mohammed Yusuf, and also to ITV, particularly Dr. Mohammed Adam, for facilitating for us the very first presentation of uh, Al Ansar TV in collaboration with ITV. We are going to have more series of uh, presentations by our learned Sheikh Fadlullah Al Hayri. Thank you once again. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm delighted being with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.